0: I'm here for it. Fuck it. I mean, I'm I'm here to do whatever it takes this year, man. Um, It's been a long time coming. I just want to make it happen, you know.
1: So I'm actually reading this book. I found um, we had like an eight hour layover in Fort Lauderdale. So there was a bookstore, the only bookstore that you could walk to from the airport. I think we Ubered. We Ubered somewhere, and then um, it was like a mile walk. So I was like, okay, we have an eight-hour layover. I'm just going to walk there. We get there. It's super sketchy. It's basically – it reminded me of, like, something that would be in New York. Like, it was – there's all these porn books. <laughs> there's, like – Yeah. Lovely. It just <laughs> Red men and shit everywhere. It's, like, it's super weird. But the pictures on – The map looked really nice. So I was like, okay, let's go there. But I found this book on this guy. Um, Did you ever see Icarus, the movie, the documentary? Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. So it's basically Icarus before Icarus got popular. So this guy wrote about this in 2011 and basically he was an amateur cyclist and he wanted to get on testosterone and HGH and stuff and just try it out for himself he was originally, he was trying to find somebody who was like a recreational cyclist who was doping and he couldn't find anybody who would be honest with him. So he's like, I'll just do it myself and then document the the progress. So I've been reading that the last couple of days. It's been super interesting to hear about.
0: Is it a fictional story or is it non like real life? Yeah, it's him.
1: So it's oh, like a wow. memoir style.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's interesting to see, like just putting yourself through like his own self-experiment. I know with, um, speaking of books and spark notes and all that kind of random, but I got really good at like picking apart like articles cause that's all we did in grad school. It was like, they give you the most like difficult things to read. And like, it almost sounds like a different language, but like in order to like understand it and write a paper or, or review it, you'd have to like pick apart all that stuff and learn how to like read and see what, like what they're actually talking about. So yeah, it's just, I think it's volume just like. I guess even if you're reading a book, sometimes if you don't want to like go in and read like everything, you could skim it and but still get like the base, the important things out of it, right?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a cool skill to have like being able to read research because you're not like in business school, nobody teaches you how to do that. So you see a a scientific study or review and it's like looks like Japanese to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, dude, did. And, like, people don't even know, like, the STEM plot or, like, what the uh, graphs and all that stuff mean. And then, like, the actual conclusions or what they're actually studying. Like, I just love the fact that they make it so freaking confusing. Like, tell me if the study worked or if it didn't, you know? (laughs) Or is it valid or is it not? Because they'll do a whole study and get, like, a, a positive result. But since, like, their result may be skewed or some of their demographics weren't, like, spread out or whatever the case was, That they'll have a positive answer, but it wasn't valid. Mm. Yeah. So people can like, look at something like, oh, I read this and it works. And then, like, you go read it at the bottom. But it says that it only had, like, 12 people out of, like, this amount of people. And it realizes that's not, like, an actual, like, true result.
1: I was talking about this this morning, actually. But, like, there's so many people getting into Huberman now and the science behind things. I usually, if I find something like, okay, drink water before coffee and have some protein in the morning. I don't know why that works, but I just try to do it and I usually feel pretty good. So I just try to keep with that. Exactly. So drink some water in the morning. I don't know what the science is between drinking water versus drinking caffeine first thing in the morning, but I know I feel better when I do it. So I just follow that. I don't really care if it's like scientifically valid or you know even at the place I've been going to the cold plunge they were like 11 minutes a week is the what you want to shoot for but like if you do 13 minutes does that it doesn't benefit you anymore or if you do nine minutes that doesn't work either so it's just kind of to me I just like do what feels good and then if it works it works if it doesn't then try something else
0: yeah i wonder why 11 minutes because everyone always says three minutes in the ice bath so you do three six nine that's three days out the week and if you do four so i guess like maybe three to four days out the week they took an average because it'll be what, what nine ten eleven twelve it'd be twelve yeah I don't know if i did my math right if you did four times a week it'd be twelve but like i don't know so weird
1: <laughs> yeah I'm how's not that yet. how's
0: that going for you anyway have you been going pretty consistent or no
1: Yeah, I went, uh, I went, so I signed up for eight classes a month, or you get like eight visits to the place, and I actually used all my visits in like three weeks, so I started paying like the day pass, because I wanted to go an extra time, so I went yesterday, or uh, Tuesday.
0: You're insane, I don't know, man, (laughs) I'll do anything under the sun, in which I have and done myself, trust me, some of our like maybe people think I'm crazy, but that's one thing I won't do. Maybe I'll try it once, but I just can't. The cold. I mean, there's got to be other ways. I just can't do the cold, man. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a punk when it comes to that for
1: sure. So if you do the sauna though, like the first time, it, the sauna is usually between like 185 and 200 degrees. It just varies based on whoever's in there and if they're turning the machine up. But what they're usually, so I've been doing two rounds of like 15 to 20 minutes in the sauna three to four minutes in the cold plunge and then 20 minutes in the sauna and then three to four back in the cold. But the first round you're in the sauna and you're just dying. Your heart rate's just skyrocketing. And then all you want to do is get out. And then you're like, fuck, I got to get in this cold plunge. So then you get out of the cold plunge and then all you want to do is sit in the sauna. So I'll 20 minutes just passes so quick. And I'm like, I don't want to get out. I don't want to get out. And then I get back in the cold plunge. I'm freezing my ass off. And then I walk out of there, and I'm just shivering the whole time. So it takes like a solid hour, two hours to start feeling like myself again.
0: I mean, it kind of reminds me of like, I mean, you, you lived in the East Coast. It's kind of like the weather, bro. Like we're never satisfied. Like in the winter, <laughs> all I want is summer. And in the summer it's like, all I want is winter. <laughs> but I'm more of a high tolerance. I always say I want summer over winter because like there's not a point where like summer makes me pissed off. Like the cold here, especially like I'm sure it's even even in Texas. I was there, too. When I saw you guys, it was cold. Like it, something about the cold just pisses you off. Like the piercingness of the freaking pure cold just literally makes me angry in a bad mood and gray skies. And like in summertime, if it's hot. Yeah, it could be to the point where you're just like exhausted, maybe irritable. But like I'm not necessarily pissed off because it's hot.
1: Yeah. Training too. You, it sucks training in the cold when you have like Ew. three layers on, you got to wear sweatpants and then you're wearing tights over that. I hate that.
0: I can't believe I was in San Antonio and I was more cold there when I was in the <laughs> gym than I was, um, in over, you know, back at home. And I granted, I know like things like in Texas, like they're not prepared for like having heat or whatever, but I was honestly pretty shocked when you said, Hey, like layer up. I'm like, nah, dude, I'll be fine. got there I was like dude it's freezing in here reminds me of my garage days you know like when you're just like lifting in the garage when it's super cold and you just get it done.
1: (laughs) Your gym has heat obviously right?
0: Oh yeah 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 our gym has heat yeah.
1: So then it like it really doesn't matter because the gym I used to go to in Pennsylvania it had heat in the winter and then there was just no AC in the summer so it did it got hot and you were like dripping sweat in the summer. But I'd take that and having heat over being freezing. I think pinnacle in Colorado, I don't think they have heat. So what? I I don't know what we're going to do there. They
0: don't, how do they not have heat? Colorado gets cold.
1: So the Springs is like a weird location to where they say, I don't know. Jackie told me, she was like, Oh yeah, you don't need anything more than usually a hoodie. And when we left, it was October and it snowed like four inches. (laughs) <laughs> but
0: what was the they? Could, but i heard colorado could have a lot of snow but not like the temperature dropping crazy
1: yeah and a lot of times like you literally see the one side of the street might have like three or four inches of snow and then the other side is completely green it's just depending on uh if the mountain or whatever it, wherever the sun rises i don't know i'm not too sciencey when it comes to that stuff but you see you literally see like somebody with all the snow on the front lawn, and then you see somebody else with nothing.
0: Yeah, I think back in twenty, I can't remember. The years getting blended from like twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three with my job because I travel so much. But I think I'm pretty sure twenty twenty two. I've been there. I went there like three times in one year because um, we do the cat. We did the academy trips and stuff.
1: Um, let's see here. Was that you? I figured I'd just record it just in case. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't sure I, I wasn't sure if you're
0: recording. It. Yeah, that's all good. I was like, I don't know. Like, do we record? It? I was like, I don't know. So anyway, we did a lot of academy trips and stuff and uh and uh fuck. I got sidetracked. <laughs> but like um What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, basically saying I went to Colorado like three times because we do like academy trips over there. We take them take them wherever they need to go for their like game and stuff. So that was a lot of fun. And I got to train at like I'm pretty sure i went to pinnacle at least twice i think it's
1: pretty cool gym does the so the air force academy they have their own facilities i'm guessing right
0: yeah Mm -hmm. okay
1: because they have the olympic training centers in colorado springs too so i didn't know if they do their training out of there i would love to train there but obviously we're not that good yet so i don't think (laughs) i don't think you could show up and be like hey i'm part of usa weightlifting
0: I just think it's such a waste of space like they have that whole thing and like no one uses it or they shut down or they sold everything. I don't even know if there's actually a spot for weightlifting because if you saw like the camps they did, it was just like the open gym, like a regular gym that um they all lifted. obviously it's like kilos and still weightlifting equipment, but it wasn't like that one room that you saw that was dedicated towards weightlifting and i I remember like them like um selling a whole bunch of stuff from the OTC.
1: Yeah, that was the one in Michigan, right?
0: Hmm. Nah, Cause that's they, they. So that was from Colorado Springs. Okay. Out of Fra-
1: yeah. They have good. one in Michigan too. That's where, like, two thousand fifteen. I think they were training, mm. like, early days. I say early days, like, weightlifting is like this vintage sport, but I feel like that's like. When it started to get popular, when CrossFit started coming around, and like people were starting to at least have a remote interest in weightlifting, it's like 2013,
0: 2014. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. To be honest, I had no idea about the Michigan thing. I only knew about the OTC in
1: um, in Colorado Springs. Yeah, I could be completely wrong. It's not like I've been to either one. I mean,
0: who knows? They they might have a dedicated like camp or training center around there. But, yeah, I mean, it was pretty cool back when they had the uh, the Polish guy, Zygmunt, and then, like, Ailey, Norik, Rydanian, uh a couple of, you know, all the good guys back in the day watching all those videos, like Kendrick Ferris and all that stuff, good times. But, yeah, I was, I was just getting into it while
1: they were, like, you know, that phase was, like, going away. The one, uh, so I saw this one girl on social media. I definitely want to get her on. She's part of, have you ever seen them do the studies at Marquette? when they have the weightlifters out there and they're doing like the bar path and the velocity and stuff.
0: Yeah. So you're talking about Wanda, you think? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: found her Instagram the other day and I was like, damn, we should get her on the podcast.
0: Absolutely. She's smart. Um, I just met her actually at finals. So yeah, she's cool girl.
1: Oh, nice. All right. Well, that's a, someone who we can look to get on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so if uh, she ever listens, hey, want to hop on and talk about your, your study, I'd love to hear it. I know she's talking about the uh, little sensor on the Alico thing and how it's not really optimal for, like, snatch or clean drink.
1: Yeah, the velocity stuff. Have you ever used the any of the VBT?
0: Personally, no. I mean, I've seen people do it. I've never done it myself. I have little to very little to no knowledge on that. I know, like, I read it, about it, I read tons of videos, I was thinking about buying a book at one point, but never did, because I was like, I don't know, what's the point, unless I actually, like, implement it, but yeah, never experienced it myself.
1: Yeah, I'd be interested to learn a little more about it, but I don't know, like, do you really want to sit there and, like, analyze every single lift and be like, oh, that was too slow, or this one... You know, I missed this because it wasn't wasn't fast enough. And I don't know, I think you just got to like, be able to experience to know what you're you're feeling, you know, when your squats feel good, you know, when they don't. So I think you got to kind of just regulate and both of us as remote athletes, most of the time, like you just have to regulate, you know, how things move. If things are moving slow, they're moving slow. It's not. It's not like you need a point eight or 0.6 or point seven, whatever it is. It's just like now that felt slow. It's okay. Yeah, maybe know. I'm tired today.
0: I don't, dude, Maybe because I don't like squats in general. It may be like another factor you could implement in training that motivate me and have a true strength. Cause like I don't really. I'll be honest. I just don't really push them that crazy. Cause I just don't like them. So like, if I have a true number or something that tells me, hey, I need to push harder then maybe I'll actually, like, wake the fuck up and and, and try a little bit on my squats. And I'd like data. I'm just a... Not, like, I'm not super nerdy, but obviously I'm into all the technology and what they have and stuff. And I would love to, like, actually learn and do it. So if anyone has one and want let me try it, please let me try it. But, yeah, I, I think it's cool. I think it's really cool. And, like, you're saying, yeah, you don't need to, like, do this and do that. But how many people have, like um, RPE or percentages. And they just like, for one, RPE is like such a very personal thing. Like, like people don't know what their RPE is. Like when people like give me a moderate or give me seven, like I, don't, like, I don't know what that is. They're going to just try to max out. Right. Or it might move super slow. and am like, that wasn't a seven at all. Like people screw up RPE a lot. Um, percentages. Yeah. Okay. Dude, what if like there's plenty of times where, you know, I'm sure you experience yourself like, 80% felt like 100 you know? But, like, what if, like, you know, then you have the data there and it shows you, like, it might have looked slow, but it moved well. And just, you know how many times you record a lift that probably felt like crap, but it looked good on camera? That's probably, like, another, you know, aspect of it. But that's just, oh, this is me. I, I would like to actually do that. Is it an end-all, like, thing? No. But is it valuable? I think so, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, nothing is nothing's going to be, everybody would be on the same program. If we had, if there was like one thing that worked, everybody would just do the same thing. They'd be like, here's the USA weightlifting program. And everybody would follow it and make progress. Like why is there a thousand coaches out there and everybody's got a different program? Everybody's doing different accessory work and all that stuff. Speaking of uh, 80% feeling like a hundred, I've been doing 70% and that feels like a hundred right now. I took, <laughs> after the state meet, I took the entire week off, so um, just getting back in, like, I did no exercise at all, no running, no, basically, we walked in the airport, but that was it, so yesterday, I was doing cleans at 102, and they were just burying me, felt so heavy off the ground, but it feels good to get back into it, though.
0: i say it's okay, man, you need those, uh, you need those little breaks after one thing after another, it went from... Nationals to finals to states. State. I don't know why it says states. It's like saying jewels when it's Jewel Oscar. You know what I mean? <laughs> so after you did Texas State Championship, um, I guess you're kinda looking for something more of like a longer period of um like development up until like your next meet. I guess you if you want to talk about uh the Texas uh state championship, uh let's talk about it.
1: Yeah. And I even think back to just having Mary on the pod and like how fast their turnarounds have to be. Dude, I just needed a break. Like I did six meets from the Arnold of last year to state, and it's just, I'm burnt out. Like I just needed time to have a week off. And I feel like you can't, you literally can't afford to do that if you're trying to beat somebody right now pushing to the Olympics. So I can't imagine like having that. It was so nice to just not worry about putting weightlifting shoes on, not worry about going to the gym, spending two hours there. It's just it's relaxing, refreshing. Yeah, man. But yeah, we can definitely talk about state. Um where should I start?
0: I guess first and foremost, like uh the transition between finals and states, like like how is the prep going into it? I know it's obviously you explained that's hard, so what did you feel like like going into um, state?
1: So I did finals and then we took – I took off until Wednesday. I lifted on Thursday of the week of finals and then took off till the following Wednesday. Then uh, we did like Wednesday, Friday, Saturday maybe. And then it was basically a three-week prep from there. So the actual training cycle was like nice just because I didn't feel – Nearly as much pressure as I did for finals. I think finals is obviously for us, it's like that's the big meat, that and nationals. If you're going to qualify for that, those are like the really two things that you're putting on the calendar. So I feel like there was just a little bit, I guess, adrenaline dump after finals where, you know, I know Texas State's coming up, but also I know it's not the end all be all. I don't have to do my absolute best at that. So it was just nice to kind of go into the gym to lift heavy but also just not put so much pressure on myself. I felt like finals this training cycle was just so long, like just having just having that date on the calendar for 12 weeks out and like everything you know is leading up to finals to where this one, 3 weeks real quick, didn't feel like didn't feel mentally as taxing. So, I would say, yeah, I just didn't put a whole lot of pressure on Lifting, I clean and jerk, I probably did up to my opener in training, and that was it. I didn't push anything past that. And then snatch, um, I'll have to send you a video of the 100 snatch that I did, like, the Monday before. It was so bad. I ran it out uh, probably 10 feet, (laughs) and then we knew we were opening at that, so I was like, let's just open at 100. I've been doing, I I talked about on the pod, I've been doing 99, basically, every single meet, so... It was, uh, that was like the main goal of the meet. It, everything was just, so Brittany gave us a, gave us a thing, like, cause we we're on the Texas state roster and dude, Texas weightlifting. It's so competitive. Like it's more competitive between the coaches than the actual lifters. Like, I think everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to win. Like their barbell club won Texas state versus like the individuals. I don't think it's as intense. But Brittany said the, so the goals for the meet are to make weight first, because you have to make weight to lift for your team. If you don't make weight, you basically just get a zero total for the team. So it was make weight, make a total, and then like anything on top of that essentially was just icing on the cake. So I knew I didn't have to do anything super crazy. We wanted to open with 100 and I did that. So kind of I think once I did that, I was a little bit like, okay, that, that's kind of it. Even though I had five more lifts left, but you know, when you, when you set a goal and like you want to do something and then you do it and then you're like, okay, like what now? It just felt like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Now I got to the next. So I did one Oh two on my second and I really felt like I didn't try. I was like, I didn't pull hard. Like I just felt caught it out front and I was like damn I'd like didn't try so next I did 103 on the third and missed that it's just super frustrating because I felt like I just completely threw away my second attempt if I would have really like pulled hard and snatched like I knew how to snatch maybe I would have missed it but I think I would have had a much better chance of making it on the third it's basically just like a wasted attempt and then the third was just coin flip and didn't go my way
0: Well, it's like, um, I guess you were kind of just like satisfied, like, okay, hit my goal. What's next? Um, but did you hit anything above like a hundred, even like leading up to finals? I'm sure you did. Right.
1: I hit one Oh two leading up to finals.
0: So there's not really much of a buffer, I guess, in your training experience from that this long time. Right. So you hit that main one. And then I think you felt like the rest of them were just kind of like extra credit at that point. Right.
1: Yeah, because I, I knew. So there was one other guy who had a 240 entry total. And then I think there was like a 235, maybe. So I knew two, between 235 and 240, Mario was lifting too. So I knew I wasn't going to win. But it was basically. <laughs> <laughs> on a I'm very, just being honest.
0: On a very last minute meet for Mario. <laughs> yeah.
1: But. uh, so I knew if he was lifting that I wasn't going to win. So it was basically just do whatever we need to get second place. So it is nice having a bigger clean jerk because I know just like I have to put more effort in, but I know it's there. Like my leg strength is totally fine. So if I needed to hit a little bit more, I think I could have, but it was just like, let's do what we need to do to get second place. And then the... I ended up so we opened uh, clean and jerk with 133 just because the other dude had 232 at that point so I opened to total 233 made that and then he ended up making 135 so I had to go uh, 138 to beat him because he snatched one or two and then made that and then the last one cleaned it and then jerk was just a little bit out front what was but, the last one
0: 142 or something like that
1: yeah 42
0: yeah, I think I was watching it live stream. I was watching, yeah, I think uh, one day everyone was competing, so I had it up, and it was, like, three different things going on, and I'm, I am I, think you might have been lifting at the same time as someone else that I was watching, too. So I was like, oh, 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 like, just, like, freaking eyes going everywhere trying to follow what's going on because there's no commentary and there's no, like, uh, like, screen of, like, what the weight is. I'm, like, trying to figure out what you guys are doing. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, so the overall, like we literally did exactly what we wanted to do. I made weight, made a total, got second place. So mm-hmm. checked all the boxes. It wasn't obviously my best meat, but it was good. And that would have been, if I would have made my last clean and jerk, it would have been a PR total at 67. Oh, so every, everything yeah. else that I've hit above that has been at 73. Mm-hmm. Even though I weighed, I think 69.6 was like the highest I've ever weighed in a meat but still those last couple of kilos do make a difference.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. So when you hit that that one that one uh, crazy meet back in the day, that 105, was it 145? Yeah. Were you light 73 or were you 67?
1: Yeah, I was light 73. I think I weighed like 16. I think it that was probably the heaviest I've ever weighed and it was like 696. Man, that's such a crazy
0: such a crazy me. I looked at that, and I'm like that's, and it's crazy. It's so long time ago, <laughs> but but it's not like you're like digressing. You know, getting regressing. I guess as an athlete, like you're sixty seven, and then your technique is like totally changed from what those had been. Like I guess lucky PRs, I'd say. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I'm I not, not
0: discrediting that. No. They <laughs> were like, both hail marys. Like yeah, they yeah. were
1: just you know, put it on the bar and see if I could hit it. When I cleaned 145, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but when I cleaned 145, like I just literally got underneath it and was like, holy shit, I just did that. Like I hadn't, I had, you know how you're supposed to, it's very hard to make a lift that you think you're going to miss. But that was one of those lifts where I was like, I don't think I'm going to make this, but I'm just going to try. And like, I probably made contact super early just because I was nervous and it was heavy. But I got underneath it and was like, holy shit, like I just made that. And I was like, well, I got to at least try to jerk it and then ended up doing it. And it was like one of those things. I mean, dude, for a long time, I thought I would never hit 145 again. I think it's going to be there eventually. It's still going to be a ways away. But for a long time, I was like, okay, I think that's like probably the best I could ever do. And, uh, just because it was like such a, it was such a number that like I clean and jerked 138 in training before that, that was my PR. So I did 140 as my second attempt at that meet and then did 145 and was like, oh my God, (laughs) what happened? So that was like a 15 pound PR.
0: Just talking about having good days. That's all. That's awesome. I love to hear it, man. For sure. Yeah. So like, um, the 142 is your last attempt. And then you got second place. You missed that missed Mr. Jerk or the clean? Missed a jerk. Missed a jerk. But that would have been a total PR for you. But yeah, dude, I would say like having three weeks, which is not really a true prep. Is just more like get you back in shape for the classic lifts after a huge meet. Like, dude, why not? And you took second place. That's awesome, dude.
1: Yeah, they gave out pretty sweet medals, too. So that was cool.
0: Yeah, it looked pretty fancy i liked it i was like i was was trying to figure out what it was like the actual design but yeah it looked pretty cool
1: yeah i put it on curtis i posted that picture (laughs) he was looking proud as hell too he was like (laughs) it was pretty cool yeah but i mean it was nice dude there was 400 and i think 476 lifters at a local meet it felt like an ao series it was pretty wild like every day i think the first day the First session started at nine and they went till last session started at eight. And then every other day, Saturday and Sunday, it was eight to eight to eight and then eight to six, three platforms. That's insane to hear. And you told the story about the state championships in Indiana having like five or six lifters and that's it.
0: Dude, this just sucks because like there's actually a lot of good, like just nobody did it, like including myself and like other good people there. Really good lifters in Indiana. They just didn't do it. It wasn't promoted good, and honestly, it's like one of those things. Like, oh, what? Why do I even do it? Cause it doesn't really mean anything. Not to be like negative, but yeah, it's just poor planning and poor execution overall, and that's why it was a a crappy meet. But they need to work on it. And I know. I know they'll work on it. But that's is a and a pure example of like the difference between states, I guess.
1: Yeah, cause Pennsylvania never had. I mean, they didn't have a state championship up until, like, two years ago. I think that was the first one, 2022 maybe. So not not a very long time. I don't know. I've always had fun at the local meets. Like, I've always really enjoyed them.
0: Over in uh, the East Coast?
1: Yeah. Yeah, just, like, you see people who you know. Just because, like, you've obviously – everybody's kind of – you know, if you trained at one gym, you have probably dropped into another and you've been around people. So it's like nice to lift, lift that way. But same thing. I feel like the AO series is just kind of that way too. Just people from everywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, obviously the more that we do this stuff, like, um, our bigger meets and the, we actually will probably compete more nationally than we do locally. But like, dude, like that's where we started and it's always fun just to do the local meets and stuff. Like, get to live with your buddies, live with people you see on the internet and stuff, and they're local to you. And even if it's not even the same weight class, like you still maybe have the same numbers, you know, stuff like that. And you're never too good to just do a freaking local meet. It's fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're... Really, unless you're making like international teams, there's kind of no excuse to just hop in, especially... I think like so many people are afraid to go and do 85, 90% on the platform. Like, who cares? I know it's $60, but, like, or $60 or 100 bucks or whatever, how much it, it costs. But it does – it supports the gyms around you. It It's a – I'm guessing a good cause. I don't know necessarily where the money ends up going. But, like, I think people should do more local meets, even if, like, you're not in shape, even if you're in the middle of a training cycle. Like, just show up and especially – with us, I think too, not the, I I don't want to say we're, we're great weightlifters or anything like that, or we should get cocky or have, have a big attitude. But I think, so like I did the, when I qualified for nationals, this one dude messaged me on Instagram and was like, dude, your technique is awesome. Like I want to, I want to keep doing the sport and look like you. And I was like, holy shit. Like I had no idea. I You're thought, fan. You, yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, I suck, whatever. But uh, it's just cool to, to show up and then you hear something like that. And like that motivates me for a long time.
0: Yeah, man. Like you could be the reason why someone gets started into weightlifting. Like you never know. And obviously getting into your community is important too. Like that's where you got to start at. You know, if we're trying to reach out, like doing this podcast and trying to reach out to people and stuff like it is important to like reach out into your community because I have people I have no idea. Listen to my podcast, both podcasts and I'm like, they'll share it. And I'm like, I had no idea that they even knew about it, but it's cool because like, they know me from the gym and they want to listen to some of the topics or who we had on, you know, the pod. That was, that was really cool, you know? And like, you know, we had like Mary did local meets all the time. Dom does local meets all the time. Um, like Maddie, she did local meets all the time, or she did like the clean and like two jerks just to forget her training, and it wasn't gonna count towards a meet. At one point, which I don't necessarily
1: went. agree with, but we'll say I mean,
0: that it was whatever. I mean, that's what she want to do, I and mean, she still paid for it, so she could do whatever she wants, you know. Um, but yeah, just uh, I kind of I kind of missed that a little bit, especially in Illinois. I think they did a little better with uh, with the meets. Uh, they would have more of them, I guess, but. Oh, uh, yeah, Indiana's pretty cool. They do a lot of cash prize meets. Like, there's one coming up actually this this weekend, and kind of bummed I won't be there to see it. Um, you know, I'm be traveling for work. Uh, but yeah, they do like a big cash prize. I think um, one year my buddy won like six hundred bucks. Oh, nice. Yeah, like I think you put in. I think it's like a hundred dollar be at the buy in, but like, dude, like you just profited five hundred dollars and you just lived, <laughs> and like they gave out like you know uh, awards and stuff and. Yeah, they do a really good job. Um, there's a, I'll just shout them out too. It's a Moran Academy out in uh, Carmel, Indiana. And um, it's Kyle Moran and Mandy Murakami. They do. Um, she has like a media company called Meet Week. I think it's called Meet Week Co. And uh, they help like other um, clubs like either run a meet and, and do like the media too. So it's pretty cool.
1: Nice. Yeah, that's stuff that people probably don't want to do. Cause putting on a meet is a lot, especially like we saw so many people tearing down the setup and you know, there's three platforms. There's, there was 12 warm up platforms. So you got to take all them apart, all the weights, all the computer equipment. Like there's so much that goes into it that you kind of take it for granted. You show up on the platform and you know, the weights are there. There's somebody to put the weights on the bar for you. You, you know, you, You walk back behind you and there's a chair to sit in like all that stuff has to be done by volunteers So you kind of don't think about that unless you're actually helping out Showing up to to be there and supporting
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they also have like a huge team here in uh, Indiana in general. I think they're probably the biggest one So like they always have like a ton of volunteers who help out too But then they also struggle with like having people outside of the team uh, volunteer as well to kind of help run it, because obviously, like, they can't just do everything themselves. You got, like, dude who, like, competing uh, and, like, helping at the same time. I'm sure you guys have the similar—I st- said you guys, like, I'm not on the team. You guys have the similar story of, like, what states and stuff. I heard that, like, um, you know, for example, like, I think, you know, it might have been a little frustrated that, like, hey, like, these people are, like, they just competed, and, like— they're still helping out too, but nobody else is. And everyone just kind of like left, but you know, that's for another discussion. Like ain't my business, but it's like, it does like, I think it does. It's important to uh, emphasize that, Hey, it's a group effort for everyone and not just like, Oh, this team's running the meet. Okay. Let them uh, do everything. Or, you know, if you, even if you're just spectating, I, there's a local meet. I think, I think the cool moment one time we had a local meet and literally everyone like from the gym that wasn't a part of that meet or competed, We started picking up plates, put them away. We started handling everything like without even asking as soon as it was over, probably because we all wanted to hang out anyway, but like just simple stuff like that. And they were like super receptive towards that, you know?
1: Yeah. I think one of the things that, uh, growing up playing baseball and like doing it in college, you have, especially being at a D3 school. So everybody's there, you're paying money. You're not getting a scholarship to play baseball. So we would have days where it would rain, say it rained in the morning or it rained overnight, and we're the ones who are taking the tarp out the fields. We're the ones who are putting all the stuff on the infield to get it dry. And, like, you're spending four hours before the game just to get the field ready. You kind of take pride in that, and I think, like, everybody kind of comes together. There's usually people who aren't doing much. Like, everybody has those kind of people on the team, but you have – usually the best guys are the ones who are who are doing the most um, who are just getting the field ready or yo coach what do you need what do you need here Um, just kind of like asking how you can help I think is is super important so I've always kind of took pride in that maybe I mean I was just driving all around so I wasn't helping that much (laughs) tearing down (laughs) the the actual meat but just kind of I think being feeling like you're part of a team and we've kind of talked about this before Especially like we're part of a big team, so I think it's a little bit easier to feel that to when you come to camp or you come to a meet, you feel like you're part of a team and you show up and you have people there who you want to watch lift and you want to support. Um, it's not always like that for some people, especially if you if you have a new coach or you have somebody who's just getting into the sport. You don't really feel like a team atmosphere.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've done like a lot of meets like by myself, like with no... Um, no coach. <laughs> I, ca- I kind of liked it so- at one point. Kind of like, not like a chip on your shoulder, but it's like, fuck it. You're unaffiliated. You're like, I'm just, this is me. That's it. It's me against everyone mentality. Like, yeah, I'll handle this. It's just me solo. I'm, I'm on my Batman shit. <laughs> that was like when I first started. Cause I didn't really have anything to identify with and stuff. And it was, I don't know. I kind of liked it being like a, like an outsider, I guess. Like, who's this guy? You know? That
1: fun. that 105 145 meet I did, I basically counted for myself the whole time. Yeah. I had a coach, but he wasn't he wasn't really paying attention. So I'd just be going up to the board, seeing how far I was out and like just pretty much doing my own warm-ups cuz my coach was competing. So he helped with the clean and jerks just because he was done, but with snatch, like I was just kind of looking, seeing what's on the bar, seeing what's on the board and figuring out when I should be taking warm-up attempts. So I don't know. Maybe it's you're like a little bit more involved. It's nice to to sit there and just be told like hey take this at this time everything's loaded for you but I think it's nice too to at the same time just kind of know what's going on. if you're like so far out in the clouds that you're not really paying attention maybe that's not good either
0: yeah I like I kinda, I definitely like being involved. The more I do this stuff I like I watch the board I'll stand up I'm like oh, I don't want to sit down you know it's just I don't know just want to know what the hell's going on.
1: Yeah, man. Well, I know it's been tough because I feel like, and I think collectively as a weightlifting community, it's been like this for everybody, but we're kind of in this period to where there's not much going on right now. The Arnold for the people who are doing it, but not many people I feel like are doing it just because it filled up so fast, but like everything seems kind of far away as far as nationals and finals. So there's not really much to look forward to, We're kind of just in the thick of training and just, I think like for me a little bit just kind of questioning you know you're like far out you don't have a goal on the calendar it's like really easy to be like oh why am I doing this like I can skip today kind of just feeling a little bit down about training so I think I feel like I've seen that on social media too people are just kind of you know you you get in that period and it's not it's not something to complain about or worry about you know you're gonna get past it and everything's gonna come when it's gonna come like as far as those meets go but it's, it is kind of hard to just kind of train with nothing to train for.
0: Yeah. Yeah, post meat blues are a real thing, man. It's just like you put in so much work and time and energy and it's like it's over with and it's like, okay, what, what do I do now? And at this point, like, you don't know if you want to push too soon or like you want to do like a slow build. And um, honestly, right after Right after finals for some reason, like right after Christmas, I'm sorry, like in the new year, we didn't really get hit with a true winner. And then now like the cold's hitting us. And like now it's setting in real real because like did my joints hurt. Takes a while to warm up. I don't even feel like touching a bar right now. Like it's definitely like, you know, we talked about weightlifting, how it's not super linear, it's more like a roller coaster, right? Like At some point, everyone knows, like, you're going up, going up, going up. Like, you know when it's going to start to go down. And not being negative, but that's just the reality of it. I know I'm finding that myself. I'm just like, dude, this sucks. This absolutely sucks. I don't want to be negative, but I'm negative, you know? I don't want to do this at all, but, like, I want to get better. So that's why I kind of just flipped the switch. Like, all right, like, I have something planned out in four weeks coming back down to San Antonio and, you know, being with the coach and stuff and maybe doing, like, a in-house meet or something. I don't even know the true details of it. But it's like, what do I do to, like, still be in it and still be active and something? Because, you know, eating, drinking, let myself kind of binge those, like, those things have definitely caught up. Not to the point where it's, like, I feel like it's, like, super bad. But... I needed to do something, you know. I felt myself going on a downward trend. So I was like, you know what, I just had to like, I got to do it. You know, I got to do it. So I reached out to uh, Jesus uh, Aldalpe, shout him out because um, he's a dietitian guy I was working with before finals. And then I hit him up, we just had a Zoom call last night, talked about what we're going to do to how to eat while I'm on the road and stuff like that. So we're going to have a plan for when I'm on the road and um, just try to get back down to Seventy three. I actually woke up at like seventy four point three or something like that. So I was like, oh, it's like I'm only just like barely a kilo over. It's so already working. So no drinking for four weeks. Eat right uh, and just like I'd say, just maybe focus on uh, mobility, recovery, and moving right. And I think that's what uh, B is kind of like programming. Essentially, it's not the funnest thing in the world. I'll be honest, but. I mean, she ain't gonna kill me for that but it works right you gotta get in like those positions tempos and and all that stuff but it's pay- it's gonna pay off so i feel like if you do everything right kind of break down everything to like that fundamentals level and then building up we've done this enough like a like a, we know how to snatch we know how to clean and jerk it's not gonna be any surprise when we put on some heavyweight. you know
1: so that's kind of like yeah
0: that's kind of like my mentality going to it sorry dude
1: no you're good I think it's important to have that, like have that rebuild process and, you know, take it slow. Like we have time, we have time to take it slow. Obviously for nationals, I don't think you necessarily, I know you have a lot of travel and stuff coming up, but you wouldn't have to qualify until like May, but it's just tough because you don't want to have to do it, basically go all out for that 260 in May and then have to turn around and do it in June again.
0: Yeah. I'm here for it. Fuck it. I mean, I'm I'm here to do whatever it takes this year, man. Um this has been a long time coming. I just wanna make it happen, you know? And then like um what was I say a lot of work stuff's going on for me at least. I have like this huge inspection going on in April. I'm going in Japan for two weeks in March. Um uh, yeah, just a lot of a lot of big stuff going on. I think I'm more stressed out about this inspection because, like, we can't mess it up. like, And it's with, like, all the uh, nuclear stuff and the secret stuff that I got to do. And you just got to be on point. And, but once we're done with that, like, a huge weight is going to be lifted off my shoulders. And, like, we can continue on. Because long story short, without being too specific with my job, I don't, I really, I don't think I can either. Um, but, like, if we fail the inspection, like, we could possibly lose, like, funding or certain things for our, our you know our base and that ultimately could like screw the entire the base could shut down you know like that at at the worst that's what will happen so it's like it's really important for us to make sure we do this right
1: (laughs) so yeah I think that's important though to bring up like there's so many things that all of us have outside of the sport like we take it so seriously when we're in it and when you have a meet coming up but also there's just there's different life stressors that you can't forget about like that's going to affect your training regardless of if you want to go into the gym and shut everything off you can try to do that the best you can but there's still stuff in the back of your mind that you're thinking about that's going to affect you
0: yeah I'm, ch- I'm trying to work on a little bit of balance because like when i put everything into this weightlifting stuff i get obviously like the progress shows but then also, like, other areas, like, won't be as good. Like, I know, like, maybe I'm not the sharpest at my job that I used to be, just being transparent. It's like, maybe I need to put more effort towards my job because, like, that's what I do for a living, right? So, like, even though, like, we, I care about this thing, like, you know, more than anything else, uh, maybe I should care about my job a little bit more. Because, <laughs> yeah, I could always improve. That's another thing. It's like it's a weird thing with my job specifically because, like, a skill that could, um, well, like, uh, what what do they say like, uh, like safely bench. You know, you only get good if you bench. If you stop benching, it won't get good. Kind of like squats. Like, I don't know. I'm losing the term, but like your skill set, like your skills will like decline if you don't like practice it enough. And like, I just need to practice on being better at like doing the refueling or doing other aspects within the job too. Because a lot of it's right now. I'm just kind of like there's a lot of downtime in my job and just doing a lot of office work. It's kind of boring, but. Um, you know, I could look into other areas of like still studying, you know, because I could always learn.
1: Yeah, I think for for me, like relating it back to weightlifting, I enjoy doing CrossFit. I enjoy doing jujitsu. Like even if that's gonna knock my total down two or three kilos, sometimes that's worth it to me. Instead of just being like all in on this thing, because I just had that for finals. Like I didn't do anything else; just did for 12 weeks just focus on what's going to make me a better weightlifter and I didn't get that much better. Like I f- I felt good. I felt really strong, but it's like what are the things that you have to take out to continue to add the kilos? And m- maybe it's not always worth it. Like if you're if you're going to lose and I talked about this before on my Substack, but like if you're going to lose 1 or 2% in the strength area, but you're going to gain one or 2% in life or in your relationships and other stuff that's outside of the sport maybe it's worth it to have that sacrifice like maybe being the being the best possible weightlifter that we can be isn't worth sacrificing everything else for
0: i think you're pretty wild cuz like you're one of the only few national weightlifters i know that will still want to do other like strength sports or like like still want to do like other fitness like crossfit and jiu-jitsu like other people, like, dude, I can't tell you another athlete I know, like who's a national athlete who does like either of those two things. So I think it's pretty interesting, but cool at the same time, because like, you don't want to like totally lose that.
1: Well, I think it's balancing. Like I don't go into CrossFit and try to PR my Fran time or anything. You know, I'm not <laughs> trying to do the workouts RX to where, you know, I'm ripping my hands or there's 150 wall balls and I can't walk the next day. But yeah. I just, I think I've always just loved to move. Like ever since I started going to the gym, I just fell in love with movement. So I always want to do more. Obviously there's a point to where it it happened in jujitsu early on, where I would do too much. Like I would just try to train, train normal weightlifting and then go three or four days of that. And then I'd end up getting sick or I'd feel a tweak in my back and couldn't lift. So it's like, there's always going to be, it's a, you're just balancing chest pieces at that point, like trying to figure out, what works and what doesn't. But I've always found like the more that I obsess over things, the more I'm like, Oh, if I can do this two days a week and then I make my training four days a week. And then I'm like, Oh, I can do five of this and three of that. And then what days is it optimal to do my heavy day? And I'm just like, I start stressing over it so much that it starts (laughs) becoming so unhealthy. So
0: dude, that's wild. I love that about you though. Like that means that like, no matter what your lifestyle, like you're going to be active. Cause I get fearful like, man, what if I don't have weightlifting? Like, would I even lift? I don't know, dude. Like, I really don't know if I would like train hard if I didn't have weightlifting. It's like something that keeps me grounded, I guess. And, um, like, I don't know, like I did like indoor soccer a little bit or did like pickleball here and there, but not, I think not as consistent as probably you did with jujitsu and stuff.
1: Yeah. I got to get back to it. Once we move back to Colorado, it's, um, less than two weeks we're going back so I want to go back to the, actually the gym I was going to, the girl who just won the UFC Bantamweight title trains out of that gym. Oh. I've never trained with her or anything like that, but um, it's pretty cool. Cause the, the coach of the gym is like super nice, super down to earth, but you can tell like, he's an absolute expert at jujitsu. Like the same way that uh, Brittany's trying to be with weightlifting. Like this guy takes that that seriously, like, it's a completely different sport. But I was just telling him, like, it's just cool that you can coach the UFC champion of the world, and then you can also remember the students' names of your academy, where you have a hundred people who come in on a daily basis. Like, I've always just admired that trait in people.
0: Thank you. I think it's super cool. Like, you used to see it in CrossFit too. Like, sometimes games athletes will be coaches and stuff, and like, that's super cool. Like, they're doing it at the highest level, and then they're building up people, like at all ages and stuff and still can relate as a freaking human being i don't know it's pretty cool right
1: yeah our one buddy uh sean when we were doing the arnold he went to christy Ermo's gym or mm-hmm. i think her name's o'connell now but like yeah. this was at the time when she was doing i think she was still at top 10 at the games and like he went and did friday night lights did the open with her and like she's taking pictures with him and cheering on everybody at the community and they're still that good
0: Dude, so cool, right? I don't know. I I love seeing that. I just love seeing that because like they're just normal people, you know. And then like just having that personal level and not having like super big egos. I don't know. It sounds I don't know. Sounds ridiculous, but sometimes there are those people that just like they're just too good or they just think of themselves as a as a fucking god, you know. (laughs) Like, but I
1: have a I have a hard time balancing that too because like when I go to the gym, like I I'm there to train. Like I feel like. We talked about getting the job done like i'm there to do my job So I want to take as much so it's like it's give and take like I want to be a nice person But i'm also there to train like especially when you're doing Heavy clean and jerk you can't really be thinking about other things during sets. You can be scrolling on instagram You can be talking to other people like you got to focus on hitting 100 percent clean and jerk So that's hard for me like to balance like yeah off, off outside of the gym, I think it's easy to do, but here, but at the gym, I'm like, maybe I am taking it a little bit too seriously.
0: maybe at your maybe at your setting, like at the h q, for example, like it's um, I don't know, like the it's it's gonna be busy. It's gonna be tight. You kind of have to get in, get out mentality. You almost feel like you're in the way if you're like just taking your sweet ass time and you got other people that have to lift to after you or in between. So there's definitely like a flow. you have to do and like you can't have headphones in and stuff Um, but like say at a gym at mine it's like a public gym it's six platforms and it's your your buddies like for me in a sense like um if i'm just there on an average day like i'll just bullshit with my friends yeah like dude i was we're just yapping it up and joking around i'll laugh and then hit a lift and stuff and then uh or just make stupid noises and you know have like this have fun like that but like when i'm in like prepping like especially when I was doing like the snatch waves right uh leading in the finals I was doing like heavy days on Friday dude I was serious I put in my headphones and like and that and I don't I won't make eye contact because if I look at someone they want to talk to me it's like they know if I have my headphones in and whatever and, and some people agree or disagree but like are platforms and everyone a lot of people there at the gym will wear headphones if they just like want to lock in so that's like our version of locking in it's like, okay, if I have my headphones in, I'm not talking. Or, like, it may be like, oh, it's wrong? Of course. Like, no, he's just like, he's prepping for this. And some people don't even know. Like, oh, shit. Like, maybe Matt will know, my buddy, because, you know, he just knows. But yeah, this is a way for me to be like, cut everything out and just like focus 100%. And then, like, if I have my headphones off, I'm just like, kind of relaxed. And then, like, I, then I'm, they, they know that, like, I'm just like, okay, whatever. Or sometimes I'm not going to lie, if I'm missing, I don't want you to fucking talk to me and and tell me what I did wrong or how I can make the lift. Like, I'm sorry, but like, I, you know, I'm just going through it right now. You gotta let me go through it. And I don't wanna sound like a prima donna, but like, I just don't need to hear that, man. I'm already having a bad time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so true.
0: Right? It's like, I don't need to, like, oh,
1: what you said I did? I'm
0: like, no, shut up. Everyone, sorry. Let me just, let me go through this right now. And then I'll get over it and I'll be fine. Right?
1: I mean, that's a, you gotta, like, it's seasons. Every sport has a season. So it's like you have those seasons to to relax and have fun. And then you have the season to, this is, we're really pushing right now. We're going to pay attention.
0: Absolutely, man. And I feel like most people respect that and they understand. And as long as they can read other people, then that's totally fine. I'm pretty sure it's a lot easier at HQ because, like, a lot of people may be doing the same thing, right? Opposed to, like, you know, me, I'm always doing my own thing there compared to some of these kids, like, you know, right now, these there's few athletes there at Indy City who are, like, prepping for this meet for this weekend. So we know, like, oh, they're doing their big lifts this day. And, oh, like, oh, some of these people are prepping for Arnold. So they know that, like, oh, they're prepping for Arnold right now. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. I think we can, we can cut it there. I think anything else we're going to start just getting negative about weightlifting, but nah, yeah. least, <laughs> I think we're good, dude. I at, at least, look. uh, I want people to like reach out though. If you're going through it right now, let us know, like reach out to the Instagram page. Um, I think we can all keep each other accountable. Like during that time to where you don't have necessarily anything big coming up, but you're just trying to get through the training. We know like you have to train all year round. It's not like you can just have an off season where you don't train for three or four months. Like you still have to put in the work, but it's not, it's hard to, you're not seeing anything, any progress pay off, especially when you're doing the positions and you're doing the tempo squats and all the stuff that like sucks. You don't really know if it's going to work until three, six months down the road. So I think... I feel like everybody's kind of going through it right now. So just know that you're not alone and it's going to pay off. It just, we need to, to take some time and just keep getting better.
0: Absolutely. And then one last thing before we, uh, end the podcast too, if anyone has suggestions or any has like one tip or one tool that they do to help them get through like certain periods of like times that when they're down to bring them back up, we'd love to hear what you guys have because I could implement it for myself as well. Yeah, we need them. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, that's it for the uh, barbell drop, and I hope you guys have a good one.